Wow, are we awake today? Good morning, everybody. There we go, a little bit. Well, uh, welcome to Only Believe at Urbana, and uh, certainly it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, uh, tomorrow, on Memorial Day, we're honoring those that have uh, sacrificed themselves for our great country. How many of y'all are thankful to live in, in our country and uh, the blessings we have as Americans and, and, and all that? So tomorrow's a celebration of that, but it's also a long weekend. But people travel, so it's like we're here holding down the fort while everybody's traveling this weekend. But that's good, right? We're here. We're in worship together and the Word together. So we're glad you're here. Um, how about this? Before we get going, why don't you just say hi to a couple people around you real quick, and then, then we'll stand to our feet and, and turn to our worship today. Satisfied 
Turn the breath you gave. 
good morning. Is any is anybody like uh, is anybody like David in Psalms when when he says I was glad when they said unto me let's go to the house of the Lord anybody else like that I hope I hope you're glad when it's time to come to church Amen All right Good Well uh, Let's take up tithe and offering So if you have something to give you can prepare that If you need an offering envelope they're in the seats in front of you If there's not one there you can wave your hand around. One of our incredible ushers will help you out. And uh, by the way, we appreciate all of our dream teams, ushers, greeters, kids' church, media, team, worship team, small group leaders, all sorts of things happening. Uh, we appreciate all of our dream teams. So if you're not a part of a dream team and you'd like to serve in the church, let me know. We'll hook you up and get you moving. Uh, so anyways, uh, having said that, uh, we appreciate your giving, your dedication to the church and all the things that we do. Uh, we believe that uh, the giving that happens in this house will further the work of the kingdom. Amen? And, and that's what we look for and, and we pray and wisdom and what we do with our finances and all that stuff. But we appreciate your giving. So let me pray over your tithes and offering. If you have something to give, you can bring it down. Lord, we, uh, we worship you today. We praise you and we continue in our worship and our giving this morning. And I, I pray, Lord, that uh, as we give today, you constantly reaffirm to us that you are our provider. As our giving is a response to simply that you are God, you are our source, you are the one who meets our needs in all things. And we thank you for your provision in our lives. Lord, and I pray that there's an abundance in all of our lives, that, that we are a blessing to others, Lord. And I, I thank you uh, that you lead us and you guide us and you show us how to use what you bring into our lives. And certainly our finances are a part of that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. So if you have something today, you can bring it down. Uh, just have a couple of announcements today. First off, uh, prayer tomorrow night, canceled. So no prayer in the house tomorrow night uh, from 6 to 7. I think we'll be back on next Monday. Obviously, uh, Memorial Day tomorrow, as we said at the beginning of service, we're, we're honoring those that have uh, sacrificed themselves for our country and, and the wonderful freedoms that we have. So we do pray that you have a blessed Memorial Day tomorrow and have uh, time to relax, but also uh, honor those that, that have given themselves for us. But anyhow, uh, no uh, prayer tomorrow night. We'll be back next Monday with that. But a couple things. First is this coming Wednesday, the first Wednesday of June, and we're kind of starting to kick off our uh, Wednesday youth night. So what's going to happen is the fourth Wednesday of every month, we have youth during church on Wednesday nights. That's fifth to twelfth grade. So uh, kids are coming out of school right now. Uh, so people, young people that are going into fifth grade through twelfth grade this fall. Okay, 5th to 12th grade, that starts the 4th Wednesday of every month starting June, but kind of to kick it off, we're going to do it this Wednesday too. So the 1st Wednesday, June, and the last we'll have youth during church. So after worship, they'll gather together, and we got some people that are going to lead that for us. So come on out this Wednesday for that, and, and uh, we're excited about what God's going to do with our youth. And other than that, uh, do me a favor, in, the, in that white, whatever that thing is, bring me one of those BBS flyers. Uh, there's a big one in the bottom in the doors there. So at the end of June, we're having a vacation Bible school. Uh, 
for our kids and our community. It's going to be our very first outreach in our community. And I know we've been waiting for this. Some of you guys have been asking me about this. So uh, we're hosting uh, our vacation Bible school called Camp Promise Rock. It's going to be weather permitting right out front in our front yard here. And, and vacation Bible school is for preschool through fifth grade. And what we're going to do is um, obviously for our kids, but then on June the 6th, I think it's a Tuesday, I didn't tell you about this. This is even new information for my wife. She hates when I do this. Anyway, new information for my wife. Uh, we're going to go door to door in the town with flyers and invite them out to our vacation Bible school. So if you want to be a part of that, we'll give more details about that next Sunday. Okay, so we'll get together just for a couple hours. We'll go hit the doors, tell them about our church, but also invite their kids out to vacation Bible school. And then also with that, we'd love for you guys to help put this on. So starting next Sunday, there's going to be some sign-up sheets at the back table where you can sign up to help. There's different aspects you can help. But the, uh, the children's pastor from Kenton Church, uh, Jared Kaiser, he's coming over, and he wrote this. And he, he's written several vacation Bible schools, so I've invited him to come over, do one for us, and it's us and help him do it. So that's what that's going to be about. But we're excited about this, not only for our kids, but also, again, getting out in our community and knocking on doors and inviting them out and letting them know about our church. I mean, that's a good thing. And we're excited about uh, that opportunity. So anyways, more information about that. But if you're interested, there are some of these uh, half-sheet flyers on the back there. You can take them, invite people out that you know. There's a bunch of flyers. We'll make as many as we need. So as they're gone, we'll make more flyers. So pick those up at the back. And we're looking forward to the end of June for the Vacation Bible School. All right. Having said that, let's get into the Word today. If you brought your Bible, go ahead and get it out. If you got it on your phone or wherever you have it, get your Bible out. And by the way, uh, I, I do apologize if you've been around here. I've been missing a couple times here and there. I appreciate you being patient with my schedule last week with Hope's graduation. We survived, and Hope graduated, which means I get a kicker out soon. I'm kidding. I won't do that. No, she's going to school in the fall. But also, uh, I've been missing a couple Wednesdays because if you didn't know, I'm a track coach. And at the end of the season, they put county and district meets on Wednesdays. I don't know why, but they do. So, but track is over. Amen. I get my time back, and it's so wonderful. I'm like, wow, I have time to do stuff again. Anyway, so I appreciate you guys uh, rolling with my schedule, but we're back to normal at this point. So anyhow, um, Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to head today. Now, we're going to come back to the parables of Jesus next week. I'm taking a break today from the parables of Jesus. We're going to get back on the parables of Jesus next Sunday. And by the way, Wednesday nights, we started this two weeks ago. How many were here for Mark Dunphy, by the way? And I heard uh, it was a wonderful ministry time, and he ministered to a lot of people. So, and, so let me just say this while I'm thinking about it. Whenever you know we have a guest coming in and speaking, and whether it's because I'm gone or, or I'm here or whatnot, I encourage you to be here for that because uh, we, when we have somebody stand in a pulpit here, whether it was Pastor Rick last Sunday or, or uh, uh, Evangelist Mark on Wednesday, they're bringing something to the house. And, and it's good for you to hear a different voice besides mine. You know what I'm saying? And they bring different things and different aspects. And, and, and if, if you want to think about it in a very Pentecostal way, different anointings and things like that. So anyways, always be here when you can, when there's a guest speaker. But anyways, we're taking a break from the parables of Jesus. And Wednesday, what I was going to say, I got sidetracked. Wednesday, we're coming back to a series we started two weeks ago, dealing with struggle. Started that a couple weeks ago. 
Wednesday dealing with struggles, next Sunday back to the parables of Jesus. But this Wednesday specifically, we're going to be talking about dealing with the struggle of sin. That's this Wednesday. That's the specific topic of dealing with struggle. So we'll talk about that Wednesday. So be here for that. Uh, we're, we're taking a break on the parables of Jesus because last Sunday, if you knew it, was Pentecost Sunday. How many knew that? Okay, church calendar and... and uh, Pentecostals and Charismatics are terrible at following the church calendar. We're not good at it. And, you know, uh, more more of, see, in the, if you think academically, let me just say this, there, there's what they call high church and low church. And it has nothing to do with their beliefs or whatever, but high church would be churches that have liturgy and, and uh, uh, they, they do call forth and back with the congregation in different things. They, they take communion every Sunday. Low church is less structured with liturgy and things like that. It's just an academic way of looking at it. Generally, low church doesn't do good at following the church calendar. High church does. All right? So we as Pentecostals and Charismatics, you know, we don't do liturgy. You know, we're, we're considered low church. Uh, and it's, it, we, we consider it more free-based than what we do. But we have a tendency to get away from things that are very good, and that is the church calendar. And so church calendar, what I mean by that is you have uh, Christmas, Easter, Ascension Day, Pentecost, and, and, and different things like that. The reason the church calendar is good to pay attention to because it draws you back and reminds you of the foundational things that we believe. Okay? It's important. Uh, you, you can teach... Listen... You can teach a lot of things out of this. Am I correct? A lot of stuff. But it, it should never be far away from the basics and the foundations of what we believe. So when it comes time for, for Christmas or Advent, we should spend time about God and flesh and what that means. And certainly leading into to Resurrection Sunday in a, and, and even more of the church calendar, you realize they celebrate Easter for 12 weeks after Easter. So it's, it's a whole different thing. But we need to spend time about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's found, every year we got to spend time in this. So as Pentecostals, we look at Pentecost Sunday as a very important time, a marked day in church history that means a lot to us. So Pentecost Sunday marks the day of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, as we find in Acts chapter 2. And, and Pentecost being, as, as Christians, 50 days after Easter. Uh, in Judaism, uh, Pentecost was, was part of the Feast of Weeks. It was a celebration of, of a harvest, but also a time of, of remembering God giving the Torah. So it kind of rolls into the Christian faith a little bit in, in how they uh, view Pentecost. But Pentecost celebrates the infilling of the Holy Spirit and what that means for us. Now... We, if, if, if you're new with us, we're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we believe in the activity of the Holy Spirit in God's work today. So uh, there are de uh, denominations that, that they, they would consider themselves sessionists. They believe after the establishment of the, of the early church that there is no new, more need for the infilling than therefore the gifts of the Spirit as you find in 1 Corinthians 12. We believe in the activity of those things today. So I wanted to take today, I'm, I'm a week behind because we missed last Sunday. If I was here last Sunday, we'd have talked about it last week. But I just want to highlight Pentecost because of the church calendar. Like I said, back to the parables of Jesus next week. So anyways, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. So if you've got your Bible, 
can get there if somebody's sitting next to you. You can share, or I think they're probably on the screen behind me. Anyways, Acts chapter 1. I'll get there myself in a second. There we go, in verse number 1. So, so traditionally, we believe that uh, uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts. And, and in this, he says, in the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach in referring to the gospel that he wrote, the book of Luke. Until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And again, thinking of a big picture restoration of Israel as a nation state and these different things. But he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But watch this, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, now, now here's the resolve of the power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. In other words, the ascension. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So, some different things happening here. Jesus is risen. He appears with many proofs that he is alive, physically, bodily uh, resurrected. And and then then he he teaches some things, he commands some things, then he ascends, and then there's two uh, maybe angels there that said, in the same way he just left, guess what he's going to do? He's going to come back. And what we see in this, in the directive that Jesus gives is this. He He gives purpose, and he gives purpose as to what we are to do until he comes again. What is that? To be his witness. So when we read in just a minute Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills the room as tongues of fire, as we're going to read in a minute, we would consider that the beginning of what we call the church age. The church age was inaugurated with the sending of the Holy Spirit, and, and the church age exists until what? He comes again. So we today are still in the, what's called the church age. And we're living in the church age. Uh, and one of the purposes that we've been given, one of the things we must be doing is we must be the witness of the gospel of Jesus until he comes again. Now here's what I know. Here's what I know. And, and I, would, I would actually encourage you, uh, maybe as a challenge, take some time. In your, in your daily reading time, and start working your way through the book of Acts. Challenge yourself. So you, in turn, can be challenged by it. Because we can talk today about uh, Pentecost 
and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then, okay, that's just nice. And it can turn into another Bible story. What's well, just a nice thing that happened? And yeah, I guess we can experience that today, but it's just another Bible story. But to be challenged by the book of Acts of what it actually means to be filled by the Holy Spirit, because we can get so busy with life that we forget the purpose of being a witness until he comes again. Is that right? That, that you're, you're, and by the way, it's not just busy with life. Life can get crazy. And life can get hard. And you can face struggles and, and all sorts of different things that, that we have because we live in an imperfect world. And all the while, there's this undercurrent of being a Christian and following Jesus that says, until he comes again, we have been purposed with being a witness to the gospel. As we read through the book of Acts and challenge yourself in the book of Acts, that, that it is, this is the age that we still live in. The church age. So in other words, when you get to the end of the book of Acts, how many chapters there are, when, when, you, when you close the book and, and Acts and then the next book in the Bible, if you keep reading Romans, right, or whatever it is, it's like, okay, that was the good story of, of, of the early church. No, the pages of Acts are still being written in the sense that we still live in that. And the infilling and the work of the Holy Spirit drives us through as being his witness until he comes again. So let's challenge yourself to what this really means. So, Acts chapter 2. And here is the fulfillment of what Jesus was talking about before he ascended. Acts 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, so this is a, this is a, a, a celebration of the, of the Jewish calendar and what they were doing. So they were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And the divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Notice, notice it filled the whole room corporately. Then it came to rest on what? Each one of them. So it was corporate but individual. It's a corporate move of God that, that is individual to each one of us. And verse 4, And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here's what I know. Watch this. I grew up in Pentecostal church. How, how many of y'all grew up around charismatic Pentecostal? How many of you did not? Okay, here's the thing. To me, when it says something like that, that's like no business to me. Okay, they were speaking in tongues. But for people that didn't grow up in that kind of a tradition since you're little, you're going, whoa, wait a second, time out. It's a little weird. What are you talking about? Here's what I know. So um, I, I remember when I went into ministry and um, being charismatic and, and being uh, Pentecostal tradition, I've seen some weird stuff. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I've seen some stuff that I'm going, no. You see, how many know what I'm talking about? And, but, but what you can't do is throw out the baby with the bathwater, if you know what I mean. Uh, is there things that happen in charismatic and Pentecostal movements and circles that, that is outside of the realm of Scripture? Yes. But think about this. What we just read is in Scripture. 
Now, somebody said that that's kind of, my, one of the things I say is, listen, just if you read the Bible, you'll see a whole lot of stuff going on that's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Wow, that's a little different. Well, see, one thing about these kind of things, it is supernatural in nature. But it is part of the normal, onworking work of God in our world. Okay? So, so we have to see that these, these kind of things that we have, and we see, okay, the, the, the tongues, uh, fire rest, and then they spoke in tongues. In other words, a language not of their own that came from the Holy Spirit that was in them because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Not of their own mind, not of their own making, but the Holy Spirit within you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is having his way that we would yield to him and he would have his way. And, and, and here's the amazing thing that happened because of it. Verse 5. Now there are dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So it was a gathering. Now the reason why all these people were here is because uh, the Feast of Weeks was one of the travel festivals of the Jewish people. So people would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate this. That's why there were different people from many nations there. Okay? And, and at this sound... The multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So here come the people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're speaking in tongues. But these tongues were literally a language of somebody gathered there from another place. So they're hearing people speak in their native tongue, and they realize they weren't in their native country. So we see something supernatural. This is miraculous. It's happening. And, of course, they, they had a uh, response to this, verse 7. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we, each of us, in his own native language, and they hear them speaking, uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and, and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phryga, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belong to Cyrene and visitors to Rome. So in other words, they're from all over the place. Verse 11, Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we heard them telling, watch this, in our, own tells, in our own tongues, the mighty works of God. The infilling of the Holy Spirit's primary purpose is to be a witness of the mighty works of God to people around you. It is not a, again, it's not a, a weird, spiritually crazy, I don't know, whatever term you want to put on it. It has a very basic function. It's a part of the on-working work of God in our world. It's an empowerment for witness. That's what it's for. Now, here's what I know. When Jesus gave instructions to wait, right, and you will be baptized and, 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 and filled, God, when he asks us to do things, always empowers us to do what he asks us to do. He never leaves you. He doesn't forsake you. He backs you up in what he asks. So when he's telling us, one of the primary works of the church age is that we are witnesses of who he is, of his works until he comes again, then he empowers us to do it. It's, it's as simple as that. This is a normal part of the outworking of God into our world. So see what they say here. Verse uh, 
verse 12. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Verse 13, there, there's others mocking, say they're filled with new wine. Yeah, so, so in other words, they're already drinking and getting drunk and they're being weird. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose. Since it's only the third hour of the day, as if they were people who would get drunk, why would you be drunk this early in the morning? So he discounts that. Um, but this is what is uttered through the prophet Joel. So here comes Peter, and he's tying it to the prophecy from the book of Joel, and you can check it out in Joel chapter 2. In the last days. Now, a couple things. Not only are we in, in the church age, but that outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a mark that we are in the last days. And we've been in the last days since this time. Now, how many here people say, I just know we're in the last days? They're right. It's been the last days since, since this was written. <laughs> but they're saying, I just know Jesus is coming back. Like, real soon. They could be right. Somebody that says that is going to be absolutely right. I just know everybody who said it so far has been wrong. But whatever, that's, that's another topic. But we are in the last days. And what God does is he empowers us to live in the last days in the things he has asked us to do. So in the last days it shall be, God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. All right, who, who in the room has flesh? Everybody. So the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for who? Everybody. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Oh, what's prophecy? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 stuff. We'll get to that at some point. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Notice that it's, it's multi-generational, young and old. It's not just for a certain segment of people. Even on male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the, the day of the Lord comes. Well, what is the day of the Lord? It is the return of Jesus and judgment begins to happen. And that, that will be a great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and if you read uh, further, at the end of what Peter says... Acts uh, 2, uh, let's see, verse, where are we at? 24 through 7. Where are we at? 247. I want to find what I'm looking for here. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, 247, right in front of my face. All right. At the end of what Peter's saying, notice it's praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The work of the Holy Spirit drives us to witness so the church can be added to as much as day by day those who are coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what Pentecost is about, as we have come as Christians to take it.
that the Holy Spirit was given were empowered for witness. That witness is for others so people can come to be saved. Now, these are experiences. So, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, let's just say this, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. You confess, regeneration. Okay, Holy Spirit does the new creation work. But a subsequent work, if you ask, is the infilling of the Holy Spirit for witness. In other words, he empowers you to live the life that he calls you to live. And it opens you up to the work of God in your life that you partner with him to do what he wants us to do. So, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, my question to you is this. Are you active in being a witness with what you've been empowered with? Big question. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you just simply ask. It's a prayer of faith just as much as anything else. You ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there, there are what we would see if you read through the book of Acts and challenge yourself. There, there are evidences of that. But don't make this difficult. You just ask and believe. Then, then as you live life, as you stay in step with the Spirit, you live by the unctions and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you open yourself up to do the works of God as he's empowered you to do them. Again, it's not a complicated thing, but it's a simple, normal part of the ongoing work of God in your life. So, so, so why? God is still at work in this world. Amen. God has not given up on this world. Amen. Now, now, is Jesus here in body form right now? No? Where is he? He ascended. He sends the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, well you know, the Holy Spirit does different things. He, he, he convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, so he's at work in the world. That's, that's one reason. The Holy Spirit's also here, as we're talking about, to, to, to infill us and help us and lead us and guide us. So the Holy Spirit is sent so we can be the church. And at being the church, what we are is Jesus has ascended. He's not here in bodily form, but we are. We are the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus as the church in the world, and he empowers us to do so. That's what it's about. So a couple things. So as you know, um, uh, in, in Jewish thought at, at the time, you know, yeah, a, a specific people that are the children of God. It's the Israelites, right? And they were about a, a very specific place called the Promised Land, right? And, and they had a very specific place where they were to gather to, to worship at times. That was the temple, right? You see all these different things. And what's amazing about uh, uh, th those that were filled coming out and speaking in other tongues that um, uh, uh, those from other places heard them in their own language, it was very symbolic was this is no longer about a specific people. This is for everybody. The Holy Spirit in his work takes them out of what's well, just about the Jewish people. No, they're included, but it's about everybody now, whoever would believe. And that's what the witness drives us to, that we would go to the ends of the earth, right? The other thing is, if you think about this, remember the story of the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis? And, and, and 
uh, they're building this, this great tower, and in their pride, they're going to reach the heavens. And God comes down, and he confuses the languages and drives people out, right? Here we have sort of reversing of the Tower of Babel, if you will. That now we are coming together under one spirit who gives us an utterance of unity together that we go forth with the message of the gospel to the world. It starts to bring back this thing that, that in, in pride man has been scattered and, and has separated itself from God, but now we come back in the unity of our witness and taking the gospel of Jesus to this entire world. Now here's what I know. When God is doing what he does, I simply do not want to miss out. So we, we know, it's, it's basic Christian stuff, that we should be people of the word. How many know that? And how many know you should be a person of prayer? Okay, so, and however you work it, and however your habits are, and, and how it fits into your life, okay, we, we should be, the, you should be a person that fasts now and then. Well, I think I need to call church fasting. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. You know, things that, but why would you, these are avenues and tools that God has given us, right? Let's not stop there. We see something in Scripture like the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is for us. This is, this is a gift of God that he gives in his wisdom for us to, to have. That the Holy Spirit would reside in us fully. As you read through the book of Acts, it talks about infillings. In other words, that we are in such a place with him that he's constantly filling us with himself. Constantly. Right? And it's a life that we live until what? Until he comes again. So, if you're new to this, or you've heard about this infilling and speaking in tongues, it's kind of, yeah, and, and then you see, listen, it's not weird. It's not out there and foreign and crazy. So, by, by the way, if you've been in our church for a while, I'm assuming you kept coming out back because we're not weird and wild and crazy. But, but I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I speak in tongues. I do these things, Right? It doesn't make you something out there, but it just keeps you within the work of God. Right? And it kind of like this. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's just so simple. It's kind of like um, if, if you're in, and what we're going to do, by the way, later this summer, we're going to spend some Wednesdays in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and what that means and, and the operations of them. So we'll clarify some of this stuff. But kind of throw this out there. You could be out anywhere. I don't know uh, what, you, like, what you're going to do tomorrow if you don't stay home or, or do a cookout somewhere. Let's say you're out somewhere and you're around people and, and, and all of a sudden it's just like you just have an unction to, to pray for this person that you see, right? What do you do? You respond. You go, you know, I was just thinking, is, can I pray for you? You'd be amazed how many people say, well, yeah. What can I pray about? Right then, you've opened yourself up for the move of God through you and the gifts of the Spirit. That is not weird and crazy and out there. That's simple witness. And then 1 Corinthians 12 stuff we'll talk about could be word of knowledge, prophecy. You don't know if it's a physical thing, the gift of healing, all these different things, right? You just don't know what you open yourself up for. It's not weird and crazy, but it's a simple work of God in your life for those who obey. Right? 
I would encourage you, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray and ask. Lord, Lord Jesus, just, I ask for the infilling of the Spirit. And just pray. Does anything weird have to happen? No. You ask. But you'll find in, in your prayer time, you, you, all of a sudden you're praising, you're worshiping, and all of a sudden you just you have this utterance of tongues that starts to come. You're just like, what is that? It's, it's okay. That's the Holy Spirit. And the different elements of what speaking in tongues is. We'll get into all that, but it's the edification of you in your private time. That's what that's about. So I want to be a church who's empowered. Because if I have to do this on my own, it's not going to work. If it has to be on my own wisdom, not going to work. Now, by the way, let's just say this. If you read the, the Sermon on the Mount, right near the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus says there, there may be those that feel they've participated in miraculous works but still missed the kingdom. He says, I never knew you. So somebody who feels they work in this not, is not your salvation. Paul, Paul said, you know, uh, you know, Jews demand a sign. In other words, miraculous. But, but we preach Christ crucified. The, the signs and, and the, the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is never a replacement for the preaching of the gospel. It, it brings the preaching of the gospel. It's never a replacement of it. So in other words, these kind of things you can get out of whack in the emphasis of it, if you understand what I mean. But to live in it and to work in it is in the wisdom of God. So when we say, hey, let's go out to our neighborhoods, or I'm challenging, man, you go to your workplaces, or you're with your family tomorrow, whatever's happening in your life, that we live with the purpose of being a witness until Christ comes again in the understanding that God has empowered us to do so. Amen? Let's live in it. Be alive in the work of the Holy Spirit. Just ask for it. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come be in me. Reside in me. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Reside in me. And open yourself up for what God can do through you. Amen? How many, how many believe that you can impact your world? Let me see. Who believes that? We, I, I hope so. I hope. But let's use all that God wants to give us to be able to do so. Amen? All right. So, now having said that, that was just this much of what could be this. So I'm going to leave it there and let that settle on you a little bit. I'll challenge you again to read through the book of Acts and see what comes later and how the church starts to work because of it. But having said that, if you have questions, please ask me. I spend time talking about it, like we said later this summer, we'll get back into some more detailed things about it. But just want to commemorate Pentecost Sunday in filling the Holy Spirit, witness to the world. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for an opportunity to come to your house and be with you, spend time with you. Uh, for those that are traveling this week, I pray your blessings upon them. Safe travels. I pray everybody has a wonderful, restful weekend, and we stay in memory of what this country means to us and those who have sacrificed themselves for our freedom. And I pray in Jesus' name uh, that as we are citizens of this country, we live as the full citizens of your kingdom. That we live and move in you, in your being. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Now, 
We had some baptisms scheduled today. They got postponed, but we still had food. So um, before you head out, man, I, I'd encourage you, if you want to hang out for a while and eat some food, and we'll, we'll stay for a little bit. If there was anybody, uh, I know whoever has signed up for Next Steps, they're not here, but I thought there might be some people who wanted to do it but didn't sign up. If you were here for Next Steps, let me know, and we'll stay and do Next Steps. But let's fellowship a little bit. I'll be blessed. And Wednesday night, dealing with struggle, we'll see you back. <laughs>